You know, Pat, I think uh, the Twins are breathing breathing a sigh of relief here. Now that they can finally put the Tigers and the Royals behind them here for now, they can start to make some hay and uh, create some distance in the standings. Yes, that's true. They end up 5-8 uh, and eight against the uh, Mighty Bengals, and uh, Torkelson and Riley Green, their two phenoms, are twins are the one club that has really turned them into phenoms. Now, Torkelson, I like him as a hitter, but I really like that Riley Green. I think he's going to be a great player. So uh, look out, baby. Next year when they go 8-5 and five against you, they might be in first place instead of uh, where they've been uh, all this year. So uh, look out. I, I actually didn't see the game. I was driving back from Brainerd. I went up there for uh, to do something, and uh, I was driving back, and uh, – I got back into the car just in time to hear the succession of jacks off Griffin Jacks. It was unbelievable. That, <laughs> I think know, you're on. To, I think you're on to a new idea with uh, the changing of his last name. By the way. Yes. Yes. Wow. Jacks, yes. Griffin Jacks. He hadn't been very good. I know they got. They can come up with some stats, but uh, he had all those games he lost early this year, and they were saying, "Well, he, you know, cheap hits and all that stuff." Well, nothing cheap. I. I don't know. He's. Uh, I, I was very surprised how good he was last year, and maybe this is more the norm, don't you think? I mean, he just he, he, he's okay, but he's uh, you know that, that between Jorge Lopez and him, that strength of the team has not been a strength. You know, getting getting to Duran has not been a strength, and you know you can see now that they they set it up so they got Theobar pitching the eighth half the time if they if they get that far. So. Uh, so uh, that that has not been a strength, but uh, it, it was that lineup though. Don't you think yesterday would have made uh, Gardy Gardy proud? The uh, the day the day game lineup with Mike Redmond hitting third. That was uh, that was uh, that was a nice B squad lineup. Well, we had we had Solano Solano playing first. We had Vasquez in, in, and he's the lesser hitting of the two catchers. Yes, a farmer yes. as the starting shortstop. You know, yeah, it was yeah. although the top the top of the order. You got you got Julian Polanco's kind of coming around. Yeah, old, yeah, old Polanco's yeah. coming in. Max Max Kepler uh, has got the OPS yes, up to almost eight hundred. Uh, and what uh, Julian had four hits, so it's hard to knock that. But uh, I didn't see it. But it did sound like uh, they did hit him one ball in a big situation, and he uh, he uh, fumbled it a little bit and didn't get the out, and that helped start a rally. So am I and wrong? Polanco was and on Tuesday night the, the game. That you were at, and I, I heard you ask Baldelli about this, and sort of got blown off as, "Oh, well, Polanco can play anywhere. He was great at second base." This is my point. Yes. He needs to be playing second base. Well, on that game Tuesday night, he got him three outs. They wouldn't have gotten. He turned the double play after yeah. Gray made the great play in the cor- in the in the behind the third baseman behind Lewis, and then uh, and then two plays: one to his left, one to his right. That Julian wanted. If even if he got there, they would have hit him someplace, but not in the club. So uh, it was, uh, you know, there was three out, three extra outs there in that game. So anyway, Royce Lewis looks pretty good, though I gotta admit, uh, I, I've never been in love with his swing or like I I am with Kirilov, but uh, he, he's gonna be a player, I guess, if he can. He play. just he makes he 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 finds the barrel. He yeah. finds the barrel. You know, it's a it's a weird way to get there sometimes, but yeah. He did. You know, I, I noticed this Tuesday night. He kind of, when he takes a pitch, he kind of he's moving back off the plate when 
you know, he doesn't like stay in the box, uh, firm in the box. I think he gives the umpire a, uh, an excuse to, uh, you know, maybe call a strike. I don't know. That's it's kind of a weird movement that he that he makes. But hey, the success is there, and uh, he is a, uh, you know, he's now played forty big league games seven years after he got drafted. So uh, isn't that nuts? You yeah. know, he's got a, but he, he, you know, look at. If you look at Paul Molitor, I'm certainly not making the comparison, but, you know, Molly is what? Molly looked like he was heading for more games on the disabled list than he did in the big leagues. And then all of a sudden, the last 10 years, he played all the time. So, yeah. So, so his first 40 games here, and it, it kind of, it's crazy because it feels like he's played more than that, but it's just because he's, we saw him a couple of years ago and he's been mostly injured. So, 40 games, a 331 batting average in 40 games. Only only 34 strikeouts in 149 plate appearances, which in today's game is actually pretty good. 362 on base and a 500 slugging percentage. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, I, I, uh, he's an athlete, that's for sure. So, uh, it, you know, people, people love him. But the, I think the most interesting thing, and we talked about it uh, Tuesday, is uh, what they're – I'm hearing a rumor – that they're uh, that um, they might be preparing Buxton to play a few games a week in center in the outfield this year, and and not play all the time. In other words, instead of having him wasted in the uh, in the DL position, uh, they they they're starting to think. Mentally, I guess mentally, every time he strikes out, he goes back and sits in the clubhouse and mm. feels miserable because he's, uh, you know, not helping you. And uh, I, I just heard that there's a possibility they've, they've got him doing some stuff that are baseball activities, <laughs> you know. So, uh, Interesting. you know, play him there four days a week and let him, you know, every other day or something like that. It's it's. They're, they're obviously going to – the, the theory would be let's try something different, huh? Because the DH yeah. really ain't working. Plus, they want the DH available. Yeah. For all Julian's, your, Julian's your best DH because you need Polanco at second and Royce Lewis at third. Like, this is yeah. this is the way to put your best lineup on the field is Buxton yeah. playing in center field. And uh, we don't ever, ever have to, again, as long as we live, play Joey Gallo in center field either, right? And he let a ball go by him. What's he doing in center field? You know, it's uh, he's fine in the corners. But yes. it, yeah, he is. But uh, the DH open. And, and and how did it? How did Kepler get to dictate to them he's not going to play center field anymore? That's what you hear. He doesn't want to play center field anymore. Well, the hell with you. <laughs> you know, cash your paycheck, and if we want to put you in center field, we'll put you there. I, when's the, la- when's the last time that, that they dictated something, though? When's the last time that Baldelli and the front office told a player, you know what, screw you, no? I don't know. I mean, there I there might either. be some uh, occasions, but we, we're never going to hear about them. It's not going to be like the good old days when Gardy or somebody, I'm going to find that guy, you know? So, Gardy, I mean, Ron Gardenhire once walked into the trainer's room and said, he looked at Justin Morneau and Joe Maurer and said, boys, we're shorthanded today. You guys figured out between the two of you, one of you is playing right field today. <laughs> That was when Luke Luke Hughes missed his flight from Rochester to Minnesota because he was at the wrong gate at the Rochester airport. 
that reminds me of the time that I was the official scorekeeper <laughs> and uh, a big pop fly fell down on the pitcher's mound and Eric Satterholm and Craig Cusick were both there. And I gave the air to Satterholm and he was screaming after the game, you should give it to Cusick. And I, but neither of them touched it, you know. And I said, I don't care. I'll give it to one, but that's an error. I don't yeah. care. Some, <laughs> one of you's getting an error. Flip a coin. I don't care. But, uh, and I think they flipped the coin, and uh, Soderholm still got the error, and he was still upset about it. Yeah. But you know, ball goes up, comes down. That's an error. Oh. You know. yeah. uh, so, are we concerned that Kirk and that offense looked terrible yesterday when we got down in the goal line? interceptions, incompletions, they did nothing. Are we, is it all over for Kirk? Is this, is, is this a trend that we're going to see all season? What do you think? Don't ask the coach that. <laughs> <laughs> Judd, yeah, Judd tried to get that out of the coach, and the coach was not happy about it. Not, not happy with the suggestion that Kirk had made a lousy throw, huh? Yeah, well, I just I, I said was that as as a, a KOC likes to call it was that an opportunity ball or was that just a bad pass? <laughs> and, and I don't think you liked the question. He didn't like the he didn't when they have a pet phrase and then you throw it back at him. They don't really, they think you're being a smartass, which you probably were. But to, yeah, were you like smirking when you said it, or what, what was your <laughs> demeanor? I have a tendency a lot of times when I talk to smirk, which drives yes, Don yes. nuts. So um, I'm accused of smart, like, like, I'm he sorry. He thought you were being a smart ass. Anymore. I wasn't. I was trying to help out. I just want to know. Opportunity ball. Yes, I were trying to give him an excuse and he didn't want to, he didn't want to take it. Uh, so today, we're going to get fights today now. Then uh, they, every, everything. Well, we already had one. Like, yes, we had, we had a skirmish yesterday, according oh, to. Oh, did the, we? Well, okay, Pat. So I may I made a prediction on write that down that there would be a skirmish, a skirmish of some kind, and 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 we can figure out what that means later, right? And so we've had literally like fifty different listeners have sent us different angles of this, what I think is a skirmish. A couple guys are being pulled off the pile here, so we don't know what it was. These guys are denying that it's a skirmish. Oh, okay. Well. Uh, what there was one guy from Tennessee I read in the paper today that was uh, very vocal as he was storming through our offensive line to what was his name? Some defensive guy. I don't remember who it was, but yeah. he. Was. Am I the only one offended that these guys are all out playing in a controlled scrimmage and not Sunday when you're paying money? Uh, well, you're, pay- you're, you're paying money to go to these practices now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you're, you're paying, paying more money to go to an exhibition game. You know, that's that's you? your fault at this point, I think. Yes, yes, it is. Well, my uh, uh, I was at the dentist this morning. My dentist has got three boys, and he's taking them as a as a uh, treat to the exhibition to the game on uh, Sunday sweet. night. And he was just getting ready to, you know, do some drilling in my mouth, so I didn't want to say. What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Take him to a real game, for goodness sake. Plus, you're a, a dentist. You make a lot of money, guy. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yes. Take him to a like regular – take him to week like one, guy. A normal guy? Like, if you're just a average Joe, the, then the preseason game's a treat. For the son, the son and his buddies of a dentist, that's just a yeah. cheap-ass dentist. Yeah, well, he's a really nice guy, and, uh, and I, I think he's—I think he's not a student of—he's not a student of what he's going to be paying to watch, you know. So, uh, yeah, 
it's uh uh anyway he's uh he, he did uh i did have to break out my own line now this is doesn't apply to these vikings because i don't know them but uh you know my old line when they say somebody says i love the vikings and i say that's because you've never met them you know yeah. <laughs> back in the denny era that was uh <laughs> That was the go-to line, uh, the Vikings. But uh, yeah. it'll be hopping downtown Sunday night. Huh? You got the, uh, I mean, Saturday night, you got the Vikings and a lot of people leaving early. And then 25,000, maybe 30,000. The Twins probably got some promotion going Saturday night, don't they? So they'll have a decent crowd. What do they got going? They usually on a Saturday night have something going. Yeah, they got to do so some sort of, Maybe they're giving away, uh, let's see, is it like a Dallas Keuchel whiplash uh, bobblehead yeah, potentially? Yeah, well, he's pitching Sunday, right? He's pitching Sunday. They got him back. So they're, they're skipping him and then they're putting him back in. Is that what's happening? Yeah, eight days. Eight days off to uh, get to get more juice on that fastball. I got to think he's got one more start, right? What's then the date on Saturday? Uh, I got a list in front of me here. The uh, 19th? Oh, it's the 20. Uh, it's, oh, it's the 19th. Yeah. Okay. So on the yeah. 20th, we've got, so there's nothing on the 19th. We do have kids toy tractor day on the 20th though. Oh, Sunday. really? Okay. All right. All right. That's uh, the 19th. So uh, that, that's the deal. So I was up at Brainerd yesterday. They got the NASCAR race. I mean, in the, the drag races this weekend and they, these people start pulling in in their campers like on Monday and they got, uh, they got the, uh, they, they, it's kind of an older crowd, the drag racing crowd, but uh, you remember Terry Ferris, uh, Judd, our secretary yeah. and the, uh, her husband and her twin brother were in a group of five reprobates who were hitting it hard at Wheelie's bar at noon on Wednesday. And they're going to have to stay. They got they got to make it to Sunday, for God's sake. That is a, that is a long, long Whoa. weekend. You know, they, they got people pulled in, pulled in there last week. Most most Minnesotans, it's August. We're going to go to the lake for a week, right? Take the family for a lake. They got these people that pull in in the campers, these deer head, these gearheads. They pull in in campers. They've been doing it for 30 years, you know. And, of course, Brainerd's got more property to park. Uh, RVs on than, than any place in the world, so it's it's still one event up there that uh, creates a big crowd. They're gonna have thirty thousand people there on Sunday. Yeah, Pat, so did I, you ever did you ever consider getting like a cabin up near Brainerd at any time in your life? Are you no, ever ever no. flirt with being a cabin guy? I had relatives that had you know a lot of relatives, which the best thing is to have a relative who's like within a mile. Of, yeah, that's why Declan's Declan's marrying into a cabin family. That's yeah, what I'm doing, yeah, Royce. Yeah. And be sure you work Fridays till like three or four, so you can't get up there in time to mow the lawn. Because that's oh. the big. You know, I got a better hack for you. I golf Saturday morning, and then I drive up to the oh, cabin while she good. has already been up there with her mom the night the before. The lawn is mowed for the week, and then yeah, you got to. Uh, I love the. I once wrote a front. The column that they ended yeah. up running on the front page of the paper. Yes. If it had been the internet era, I got four or five hundred letters bad mouthing me. I talked about the stupidity of cabin ownership. <laughs> that you, you, you drive up there, and you got to get up there to mow. Right? You got to get up there before you know the mosquitoes. By the time you start mowing, the mosquitoes are out. They're coming after you. They're killing yeah. you. And then you got to get back Sunday early. Get up Sunday. And 
beat the traffic, come back home. So you're up there like 36 hours, and your main task is to mow. Plus, you're, if you have kids, like once they get to 12 or 13, they have no friends anymore. Those kids, you know, the neighbor kids, uh, they used to get invited to the cabin, blah, blah. Now they're saying, no, uh, no, thank you. I, I'm not going. You know, yeah. I, they make up some phony excuse so they don't. So your kids basically become isolated from everybody else. Yeah, they, they become weirdos. Yeah, so you're basically yeah. saying, like, cabin people have weird kids is kind of yes, the yes, summation yes, of this. because yeah. they lose all their friends because they, <laughs> they make the kids go to the cabin. And the kids want to have some friends at the cabin, but the friends get smart when they get about 13 and 14 and say, no, I can't make it. We got something else going on because they don't want to be up there. What? And then if it rains on the weekend, that's really fun when you're in the cabin, right? Cabins are cabin. The cabin lifestyle is for people who don't like to really work, though, because if you've ever had anyone in your adult life who has a cabin, they spend more time not working at their real job so they can go to the cabin. cabin Patrick and I had a mutual friend at work who would leave like at one o'clock on Fridays. I got to go. I got to go up to the cabin. It was the best way. It, it, it's a it's a way for people who are lazy about their job not to work at their job. Yeah, but when you get to the cabin, then you start working. Then you start working at the cabin. It's outdoor so, work. They don't yeah, mind that. They don't uh, want to do their real job. Yeah. Plus, as uh, you said to me, the other thing about eating at the cabin, you know, when you eat in the cabin, oh, you go God. outside. Flies, flies. You get the potato salad. It gets warm, warm potato salad. Flies, Fly hamburgers. I got a brother-in-law at a cabin. He, he he fried the hamburgers until they were like hockey pucks. He thought that was a yeah. You get all the yeah. Oh, we gotta hate cabins. Yeah, I hate yeah. the concept of cabins. No, I I never. Now did. Airbnb, no, no, an Airbnb where I don't have to do anything. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Airbnb, for me, Airbnbs have taken over any sort of, like, want to own a cabin. That's not mm-hmm. a cabin, though. That's yeah, a luxury. I, I know. I'm saying, no. Yeah. What, what do you mean it's a luxury? Owning a cabin? Owning a, owning a second home isn't a luxury, but, like, yeah. renting an apartment. Not if you own a real cabin where you have to work. No, that is a pain in the ass. That is not a luxury. A luxury is when everyone else does the work for you. Right, but it's yes. cheaper to just do Airbnbs. Right. You can you can hire somebody to do anything. That's yep. the deal. And I and I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's a You earned it. Yep. Yes, All right, Pat. Yes. We got we got to run, yeah. but uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Come on, Kirk. Shape it up today. The <laughs> entire Viking fandom is in a panic after your rotten performance yesterday. It was it was too many. We don't want so many opportunity balls. We want accurate throws, right? All right. See you, Pat. Oh, man. Royce Unchained today, presented by our friends at Power Lodge and Miller Marine. Whether you have a cabin or an Airbnb or any sort of body of water, maybe you should go to Power Lodge Miller Marine and get into one of these awesome Bennington pontoons as Power Lodge celebrates 25 years of bringing action and excitement to Minnesotans. Yes, there's Judd right there. There's another. There's Judd again right there. Yes, we look, look at that his, right there. Yeah, outside his Little cabin. Gray. Yes, he's just yes, gotten done yes. mowing. I, look, again, I like this. <laughs> it's the cabin I can't handle. <laughs> oh, man. PowerLodge.com and MillerMarine.com.